Welcome to Gold with Jeanette Schneider, nuggets of inspiration for a bigger, better, more purposeful life. Each week we share wisdom, insights, and gold from those living their very best lives. After 23 years in finance, I left my executive role to advocate for women and girls in life, love, the boardroom, and the marketplace. Now the CEO of Live Media, I am thrilled to create wellness-based content and technologies to help you level up and become more conscious of your ripple. The Live app launched Christmas Day for Apple iOS. This is purposeful content, big conversations, and a beautiful place for us to share our gold, our dreams, and create community. Gold is a Live Media production brought to you from the sound studio at the Live headquarters. Crystal Iram is one of the top relationship coaches and experts in the world. She helps single women create happy, healthy, and loving relationships through manifesting and intentional dating. Her signature approach is based on years of studying men, relationships, manifesting, and dating. She applied everything she learned to go from single to happily married to the love of her life within 10 months. Crystal has worked one-on-one with high-achieving women, including millionaires, multimillionaires, and celebrities, and also offers online courses. She serves an audience of over 10,000 via social media and her weekly podcast, Rise in Love, which exists to change the narrative around 21st century dating and relationships. Today, Crystal and I dig into the steps to manifesting love and talk at length about the importance of confidence in self and why it is important to remain receptive to love. Let's dig in. I am so excited to have with me on Gold today, Crystal Iram. Thank you so much for joining. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. I am loving your stuff, and I feel like anyone who wants to call in love needs to be following you on Instagram. Um, You have this really great way of talking about dating in kind of a factual way. And I think dating for us is scary. There's so many feelings. There's so many worries. And a lot of times we're carrying our old wounds into a new situation. And I love the way you break it down. And I wanted to talk to you a little bit about some of the stuff that you share with your audience as to how to date intentionally and manifest and get rid of all of the the junk. And I'm just so curious, like when people are reaching out to you, what kind of questions are they asking? Like, what are you seeing that they're having trouble with moving into the dating arena? Mm, So interesting. So a couple of the main things that I see are women who are really falling into the same patterns over and over again. They're like, (laughs) I keep meeting basically the same guy with a different face. So Mm -hmm. I see a lot of patterns. I see a lot of spending too much time on someone who isn't going to be a long-term partner. And, Mm -hmm. you know, for some people it's fine. Like if you want to date casually, you know, no problem. But most of the people that come to me, what they really want is they want marriage. They want a partnership. They want something lasting and long-term. And they're spending a lot of their time on men that just aren't going to be that for them. So that's definitely the most common thing that I see is just spending too much time on the wrong person and sometimes not exactly knowing what it might look like to be in a relationship with the right person. And that's Mm -hmm. obviously just, that's the surface. That's what I see. The issues that are actually creating that are much deeper. And I'm sure we'll sort of touch on that, but I would say that that's really the biggest thing is spending too much time on the wrong people and not knowing you know, what they should be looking for. What are those things where it's like, okay, I should just end this here. 
Do you think, and this is just pure speculation on my behalf, do you think that we spend too much time with the wrong people or find, I, I know why we look for the same, like why the same person keeps showing up because that happened to me until I healed some stuff, right? Like I kept having the same relationship over and over, the same dating situation until I dug into the why. I'm like, I'm the common denominator in this scenario. So clearly this is me. Um, so I, I get that part. I know that we'll talk about that. But do you think that we have a tendency to stay with the wrong people for too long because we don't feel worthy and we don't even know what a valuable relationship would would be? Definitely. I definitely, definitely think that that is often a really big part of it. Because the bottom line is when you're fully in your worth, you you just don't. You don't stick with those situations that aren't fully serving you. And people who are fully in their worth, they often don't even get deep into those things where they feel very attached and very connected and very close with someone who isn't interested in showing up for them. Well, so I think that. that that's definitely a big part. And I think that the other part just comes down to sort of a basic misunderstanding that women have about men. Because, you know, one of my favorite love teachers is Alison Armstrong. And what she always says is that women think of men as big, hairy women. <laughs> like, they're not. We often think that men are like us. And the way that this shows up here is that women don't always mean what they say. Oh, I love that. Tell me more because I think I know exactly what you're talking about. Right? So when it comes to relationships, a woman can say, I'm focusing on my career right now. I'm not interested in dating. I'm focusing on school. It's not the right time for a relationship. All of these reasons where it's like, nope, I'm not going to date right now. But mm -hmm. if they meet someone where it's just like, he has the looks that I want. We have the right chemistry. He's so fun to be around. He's so smart. He makes me laugh so hard. They're going to say, well, I'll figure it out. I'm going to I'm going right. to give this a shot. You know, it's like if we like someone enough, if we love someone enough, we're going to do what it takes to make it work. Men don't. I, uh, yeah, no, I 100 percent get that. And I think it's so funny to me because I don't know how many times I would say things like um, I am not sure I want to be in a serious relationship. Let's just have fun and see where it goes, because I felt like I was I was trying to convince myself that I believed that. But I think I was giving him the room like he, he would stick around for longer if I, I met, let him believe those things. Yes. I mean, seriously, it's like hands up if you've done that because everyone's hand is going to be up. Like, it's, right. a, it's a natural thing to do because that's how women are. If we spend we can meet a guy and he's just so so. And then you get to know him better. And you're like, wow, he's really sweet. He's super funny. He's so much fun to be around. It's like a month later, you're falling for someone. Men aren't like that. Like if he says I'm not dating right now, then it doesn't matter if you're the most beautiful woman that ever existed and he's falling in love with you. He's not going to be in a relationship with you because they're not fluid in that way. If he decided it's not the right time or he's not ready, that's that. And the amount of time that you stick around doesn't change it. So I think that the worth issue is definitely part of it because we're kind of thinking like, well, once he sees how amazing I am, once he cares right. about me more, once this and that, it's just like, no, you have to have that energy from the beginning where it's like, I know what I desire. I know what I deserve. And someone who doesn't want to provide that, they're not wrong. They're not bad. He's not a bad dude if he doesn't want what I want. But mm -hmm. I have to protect myself and stand up for what I truly want, which is not what he desires to provide. I love that because I finally had to get to a place where I was like, people will actually tell you 
men will tell you what they want and we don't want to hear it, right? We're like, no, he'll figure it out. Like, he'll see how amazing I am and I'll do all of these things, right? And I finally, for me, and I think the reason I'm so excited to talk to you, aside from the fact that I know our listeners are going to love this, but I, I had to finally realize, like, not only am I the common denominator, but I'm not listening. I'm not listening and and I'm not watching either because, you know, the guy might stick around. He's telling me I'm not sure what I want right now. I'm not sure I want to be in a a, like a a serious relationship, but you seem fun. But then not, you know, checking back in after a couple of dates and I feel a great connection, but he's not really showing up or he pops in here and there. And I'm like, oh, he's actually telling me and showing me. Totally. Yeah. How he values me. But I'm like, no, no, no. If I stick it out long enough. And then there's a coach out there in the world. And I have a big issue with this who tries to teach women how to outlast emotionally unavailable men. Oh, my gosh. And how to play the game back to them so that eventually they'll want you. And I was like, why am I downloading this? Like, why am I listening to this? This is terrible because we're not stepping into our our value and our worth. And it wasn't until I did the deep work to be like, okay, what do I actually value and what's important to me? And and express that non-attachment where I wasn't just like super excited about every person that showed up, that men started to show up and treat me as a person of value. Totally. And, and all of a sudden I was being courted. And I was calling in people who actually wanted to stick around. And I was like, oh my God, there's magic to this. Like knowing that you're a valuable human being. It's next level. And so I'm wondering from your perspective, like when people usually come to you, is it because like you're saying, like I'm dating the same guys, but what's the first step? Like what did they do to have to kind of say, all right, it's time for me to own my old stories, right? Realize my own b- bad behavior and step into my value. Like what is what it's the the first steps to get to that place of, of, of working on self first? Well, here's the thing with manifesting love. It's like, Manifesting love is really the same as manifesting anything. And it's all you work. Like it's all inner work, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like the outcome that they desire is a relationship, but it's like, I just call it manifesting love because that's more appealing than just saying like, you're working on yourself, but that's really all it is. It's all self work as you elevate yourself. So it's like, that's the first part and the beginning and the end. Obviously there's some sort of practical things that you do in terms of dating and, you know, the way that you interact with men, but it's all that inner work. It's like, you can't even divide it out because that's, it's, it's everything. It is, Mm. it's literally everything. So what you said was really right. It's like, they have to come to that point where they're like, I am the common denominator. And that's not something that everyone wants to do. It's like, we're passing over that as if that's a simple first step. It's not. That takes a very high level of personal responsibility. Because when we're dating, you know, especially if you are having a pattern where you're always attracting unavailable men, that's like, it's Mm -hmm. such a good example, right? Because it's very easy to look at the men and say, I'm ready for a real relationship. Look at me. I'm, I'm ready for marriage. I'm ready for a family. I'm ready for commitment. I don't know why all these guys don't want to commit. What's their problem. All I see are unavailable men. Men aren't interested in commitment. That's the easier thing to do, right? To just put it all off on men. It's like, are there some men that don't want commitment for sure? But you don't have to date those. And women go to such great lengths to not scare off men. It's like what you were saying before about 
how you'd be like, oh yeah, I'm cool with something casual when you so weren't. And a lot of women do that. We think, I don't want to scare off these guys, but you can't scare off a guy if he's not afraid of it. (laughs) He's like, awesome, cool, high five. (laughs) Right. Those guys that we're trying not to scare off, you actually want to start scaring off. Like it's so much better when you can repel some of those people that aren't the right fit. Um, but I think the way that you described it of just like taking that personal accountability is such a, it's a, that is where you have to start. And it's not a small thing. Mm -hmm. Well, it's so funny that you said it's not like you do it and you're done. Right. Because now I am in a relationship that's very purposeful and beautiful. But what's funny about it is that there's still work, right? There's still old triggers and old stories coming up two years into our relationship. So even though like we're past the initial dating stage, like you're constantly working on yourself. So I really don't believe that any of this, especially I think relationships are like the most beautiful place for us to grow and to learn. But there's so much personal responsibility and self-awareness that's required that I think you have to kind of opt into, right? You're like, if I'm going to get and keep and grow and nourish a beautiful relationship, I have to realize it's not like, haha, I got him, I'm done, right? It's also like, it's a continual process. You're going to constantly gonna work on yourself and your relationship together. A hundred percent. Oh, and it's like being in a committed relationship. That's going to bring up a whole different set of triggers and fears and feelings of unworthiness. And, you know, it, it's, it's not something you can finish. I mean, I notice I still have moments with my husband where I feel like, Maybe I'm not worthy of the sort of love and attention and devotion he shows me. You know, if you have struggled with, I mean, I don't know how, I don't know how deep you want to get into this, but it's like, we're always creating our patterns from what I call your love blueprint, right? So it's not an accident. It's not an accident that certain people end up being attracted to a certain type. So, you know, the, the, We'll just stick with the emotionally unavailable example because that's a common one. And I mean, that was mine also. You know, that comes from someplace. It didn't just show up out of thin air. We're trying to recreate something from what we absorbed as children, essentially. You know, from the time that we are, from the time that we're about, you know, born until about seven years old, we don't have any logic or reasoning. So we just take in information and our interpretations of that information may not be grounded in reality or any sort of reason and logic, you know, Mm -hmm. but it's like children are entirely self-centered. So if they see that, you know, mom is upset about something one day, it could be that she had a bad day at work, but they could think that they did something. You know, when I am loud, for example, mom gets mad. I don't have love. It's better if I'm always quiet or if I'm too quiet or if I'm seen too much, you know, or, or, or there's all these different reasons. Or, you know, if your dad worked late all the time, it could be like, well, if I was a better daughter, then he would come home. Is that true? Like, of course not. There's no basis in reality, but children don't think about it that way. Right? Like we don't know. So they start forming these beliefs. And then by the time kids reach dating age, you know, 18, 19, 20, it starts, we start looking for partners that we're going to be able to sort of complete that. We're going to be able to change the relationship with the parent essentially, you know? Mm. So it's like, if you felt like one of your parents wasn't available to you, you're going to be drawn towards partners who aren't fully available to you. It's going to feel like love is only when I have to earn it. It doesn't count if he's not busy and I don't have to get his attention by being sweet or cute or funny or performing in some way. 
And so we're, we're trying to then change that relationship. So that's why we have that, that pattern. That's why it's so hard to get out of. It's coming from a very deep part in us. It's not just something that's going to necessarily go away overnight. You know, like you said, you had to do healing. You had to really do the work and that's usually what's required. It's not that it has to take a long time. You can shift in a moment, but Mm -hmm. the awareness is the first step and you have to be willing to do the work. And it is, it's work. It's uncomfortable. Today Gold is brought to you by Live Media and the Live app now available on the Apple App Store. We believe that a healthy you today leads to a healthier world tomorrow. To that end, we have created accountability features on a platform of curated coaches and thought leaders in a wide variety of areas, all to bring each person to their best self as a whole and healthy individual. We do this through time-proven tools that offer personal accountability, measurable growth, a support system, and community. At all times, live guests have access to an accountability coach or to our network of coaches through email submission. Whether you simply want to goal set with a little support or have a coach provide you a monthly plan, we've got you. Search Live Media Inc. in the Apple App Store or link to us through our Instagram account at loveisviral.media or mine at ms.janetteschneider. I like that you call it a love, uh, love blueprint. I really like that because it's... I remember going back through and saying, okay, if I'm the common denominator and I'm continuing to bring this in, what is it about me that's seeking this out, right? And I realized I had an unconscious belief that I was unlovable and that I needed to earn that love or I was unworthy of love, right? And so I really had to own that first and do some deep work in understanding, like, how have I shown up as being unlovable and unworthy in each of my relationships? How have I shown up that way in my friendships? How have I shown up that way at work? And so all of a sudden I realized I have this pattern of behavior that I don't even realize that is there, but it's not true. And it's not like anyone ever said to me, Jeanette, you're unlovable. It was just a belief I had because of some unfortunate things that had happened when I was younger. And so I had to un wind that and be like oh my god I am so lovable (laughs) like before I could get to a place where I showed up that way and I think this is the other thing that I think is so important is once you actually create some self-awareness and you talked about um, the fact that it's good to kind of scare off the guys who shouldn't really be there right it's it's good to actually kind of weed them out and say here are the things I want and not be afraid of advocating for yourself and I remember at one point in time saying let me do the exact opposite of what I used to do and instead of being like oh like I, I don't care it's fine like let's just see where this goes I would be like here's the deal I know that I would like to be in a relationship I'm not saying that's you but I'd like to find out and so over time, if we're compatible, great. If not, but I'm dating. Right. right? And so there was no attachment. I wasn't attached to each person that was in front of me. I continued to date um, multiple people and just was very like I was weeding them out. And what's funny, even some of the people who left were like, kiss on the cheek. I hope you find your person. You're awesome. You know, and it wasn't like this awkward conversation where they were scurrying away. Right. But I had not only brought in high value people, but then because I'd had such an honest conversation with them um, and wasn't clingy or attached or talking like about who we were going to be in the future because I wasn't feeling even that attached to anyone. um, 
some of them ended up remaining friends. <laughs> totally. Totally. It's also just like the energy behind it. You know, when you're feeling like I know that I get to have the love that I want, then it's not so dependent on it being one person. You know, yeah. my husband, he had to chase me down because not that I was trying to play games with him because I wasn't, but I knew I was calling in my person and mm -hmm. he was wonderful and I really liked him, but I didn't know that he was my person. So I was dating, you know, it was like I was dating him. I was dating several other men. Like I was dating. I was like, until I'm in a committed relationship, then I'm just dating. And mm -hmm. women really struggle with that, right? You know, men always do that. Men are always just dating until they're dating. And women don't do that. Like, as soon as we go on one date with a person, we're just like, oh, where's this going? Are you seeing other people? Are we exclusive? Like, what's the next step from here? And it's right. this very much like we it's very hard for women to sit in the um, the unknown that is kind of an inevitable part, inevitable part of dating. We don't like it. So we try to crush it. We're like, I got to get rid of all the unknowns. So like, just right. I know it's only been two hours, but like, I think you could be the one. So let's just. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. I remember having like, there was one guy that um, he just was, he was very charismatic and I just enjoyed his attention so much. But I, I also knew that if I only date him, I'm going to start trying to imagine what this could be in the future, right? And so I I had a smattering of people that I would date at the same time. And um, what I saw is over time, there were, was one person that would just remain consistent. And and there was a, a value that was shared in conversations that became deeper where some of the other people just started to slowly fall away. And you're like, oh, okay. Like, this is this is this is a person who sees me and wants to take it further and wants to have the deeper conversations and didn't create pressure because I think that's another thing. You don't want someone who's also trying to lock you down because they're jealous or anything like that. Like those are also flags and signs like is this actually someone? So I think there's there's such value in not being attached and not imagining your future with the person who's sitting across from you that you just met like 20 minutes ago. Right. You're like, what will our kids look like? I remember doing that when I was in my 20s. Like, would we have cute kids? I'm like, oh, what we do to ourselves. Um, yeah. There's something that you talk about when you're, when you're talking about the standards that you need to follow if you want to shift through the dating culture and kind of manifest that person. Um, you talk about dating with purpose, and I think that's kind of what we're talking about now, right? It's really kind of saying, like, I know I want to be married. I know I want to be in a relationship. I know I want a family and owning that. Like, how do you how do you have people kind of step into that? Okay, I'm dating with purpose, and I'm getting into this mindset. Just really owning it. So it's exactly what we're talking about. Women being afraid of saying, this is what I desire out of the dating process. Women always, we try, we, we follow the lead of men in this and we'll say, oh, you know, we'll see where it goes or I, I don't know, I'm open to anything. And it's okay. not true. So with me, for example, when I was dating, if a guy said, what are you looking for? I said, I'm looking to meet someone that I could have a serious, committed, long-term relationship with that could potentially lead to marriage and family. Mm -hmm. And it was like, I felt so good about it. I, I, I don't remember anyone acting freaked out. They were like, okay, you know, fair enough. She's saying what she wants. Anyone who didn't want that might not call me again, but I was like, great, bye. Like have a nice life. Exactly. We want different things. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Um, so it's just really admitting it. And also like when you're talking to your girlfriends, you know, admitting that you want something serious, not getting involved and staying involved in situations that aren't going to be that. A lot of women will try to date someone casually, hoping that it'll change into what they want. And then they're confused when the guy's like, what are you talking about? I told you at the beginning, I didn't want anything serious. So it's just like knowing what your dating purpose is and really staying with that. If what you want is a committed relationship, don't get involved with people who do not desire the same thing. That's simple. Oh, I love that. I love that. I mean, it is that simple. And I think it's it's just a matter of someone hearing that probably very directly. Um, you, you talk about keeping your standards high and expectations low. And I know in the past when I would date, that was very hard for me because I would have these expectations because I want them to be this knight in shining armor or one day just like see me. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm just going to sneak up on them. They're going to like think I'm funny. And then one day I'm going to see something or say something and their eyes are going to like get clear and they're just going to know. And then I was like, okay, calm down. And I realized like I needed to have high standards. And in the, the moment that someone couldn't either meet those standards, I wasn't mad and I wasn't, I wasn't hurt. I was just like, okay, well, cross them off the list, right? Like you, I'm just one person closer to the person I want to be with. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's, this is, it's like an interesting thing. Once you hear about it, like the difference between standards and expectations, you're like, oh, that actually makes total sense. But often we don't think about it when we're in the dating process. Because, you know, an expectation is really something that you're putting on another person. This person is required to act a certain way. And it's like, no, especially in a first or second date, like this is a stranger. He's not required to do anything. Just like you're not required to do anything. Nothing. You are not required to do anything. And neither is he. He is not required to call you again if he doesn't want to go out with you. He is not required to pay the bill. He's not required to do any of those things. But if that's what you desire, then you get to have the standard and say, this person doesn't meet my standards. So I'm not going to continue going out with them. You know, it's like the outcome is essentially the same, but the energy and the execution is different because you're not putting it on him and you're saying, you need to be different. You need to do this. You need to do that. And that's what we often default to. We're trying to mold someone from date one and hoping that they can somehow fit into this idea that we have in our mind of what our perfect partner is. So it's like, just say, thanks, but no thanks. I'm not seeing you again. You don't like, you're not meeting my standards. Once you move into a relationship, once you're past that fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh date, and you're having conversations, then you're at a point where you can express what you desire. And it's possible for your expectations and your standards to be more easily met. But one of the ways that like I was really able to take the sort of, um, like charge out of it because I remember when I was dating, it would really offend me. Like if a guy wanted to split a bill, it was like offensive to me. I was like, how dare he? <laughs> you know? mm -hmm. And I, I mean, I, I, I wanted someone who wanted to sort of pay for me and take me out and court me essentially. So I knew that wasn't something that I wanted. It wasn't acceptable to me, but that didn't make him wrong. And when I started thinking about this truth, this fact that men are providers, men are providers. They desire to provide. And for, you know, the woman of their choice, they're going to provide as much as they possibly can. But you want to meet someone who's already on the same wavelength as you. You want to meet a man who desires to provide the things that you want. And if he doesn't desire to provide the things that you would like to be provided, 
It doesn't have to be a big deal. Like for some reason, when I just looked at it, it's like, he doesn't want to provide what I desire. It just took the charge out. It wasn't so personal. It wasn't on me. It wasn't, I'm doing something wrong or I'm wrong. It was just, no, he doesn't desire to provide the things that I desire. That's it. It was so funny. As keep it moving. Exactly. As I was like when I was dating and I would meet someone and then realize like, okay, this isn't going to be a match. I was actually happy. And it and that was new for me. Instead of being disappointed because I had this high expectation, I had lowered my expectations. And I was like, thank you, bless, on to the next. And it was just kind of this mindset because I was like, I'm one person closer. And that shift alone was enormous where it was just like it was like a little dance, a little celebration. Like I'm one I've gotten one down. Um and I think that that's so important. You also talk about how you require alignment between words and actions. And oh, I think that that's that's, <laughs> that's something that's so huge because people will will tell you, but are they showing you? What examples do you typically give? I mean, and that's why I always say alignment between words and actions, because you want them to match up because I hear it both ways. I hear people say all the time, words don't mean anything. It's just about Mm -hmm. the actions. And I'm like, well, no, that's not true, because if a man is treating you like his girlfriend, but he's saying to you, I don't want to be in a relationship with you. There's a misalignment there and you're no better off than the woman who is has the guy saying, you know, I really care about you. I'm your boyfriend who isn't treating her nicely. You know, so it's like you have to have the alignment. If someone's saying that they want to be with you and they're also showing up in a way that shows you they want to be with you, like that's what we're looking for. Anything Mm -hmm. less than that is just not going to cut it for a long term relationship. And I think that's the thing. It's like you really have to keep in mind what you're creating, because sometimes the things that might make someone a great boyfriend aren't the same things that are going to make someone a great husband or a great partner. Mm, that is a really good point. I think that and and you have to kind of recognize, okay, so that's also like, this is what I want in my future, right? Mm-hmm. When, when I was, the, I wanted someone, so I have a, a little girl, so I needed someone who could also be a dad figure, like a really positive dad figure for her. And not just a great boyfriend and take me out and have like a fun time, but also like you also have to think in that future kind of status and not just think of them in that moment because you could have fun with them but then like how is he going to respond with my child and I remember dating one guy and he's like well as long as she's well behaved and I was like have you been around kids (laughs) like you're cute and everything and I really appreciate like the vibe but as soon as he said that I was like this one will not work because now I'm going to be paranoid anytime she has a bad day Right. And I'm like, okay, so that's that's one of those things that you have to kind of put out there. Like, it's not just how he treats me in this moment, but what our life could look like together. If he'd be a good father, if he'd be a good whatever. Um, I think those things are so important as well. I love that. I mean, you have to talk about. Go ahead. Sorry. With a boyfriend, it's like you just want the person who like is the most fun. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important to have a partner that's fun. Like, My husband and I, we laugh together so much. He really, he just like brings so much joy to my life. So it's not like, oh, be with someone who's not fun. No, but there were men that I thought were so fun that just weren't caring or consistent. And so that's a big problem. It's like things come up in life and you want someone who's interested in actually weathering those things with you. Who's not only there when things are fun. Mm, yeah, so important. I um with my boyfriend, I knew that we were 
heading in the right direction. And I realized like he was the type of person who'd want to grow with me. You know, there was one of those people who is like, I'm willing to hear your feedback and square shoulders with you and and hear what you have to say and then come up with a plan together. I knew that this was someone that not only could I laugh with and he'd be a great father figure, but also that it was someone that I could weather life storms with because he would square shoulders with me, look me in the eye. And whenever I say, like, I need to talk, he did not run. He wasn't like, oh, God, now what? You know, there was none of that. I was like, okay, I hear you. What's going on? And I was like, oh, we can go through hard times together. We're going to be okay because you're going to listen to me. Yeah. I love that. I, one of the things I love that you talk about, because I, I thought about this, especially with, like, dating apps. I've seen so many people on dating apps who are, like, um, emotionally available, non-jaded, preferred, because there are a lot of folks out there who have got their arms crossed in front of them. And one of the things that you talk about in your standards is being lovingly receptive and giving to give. Um, And I kind of feel like it goes in line with appreciating men and yours in particular, because sometimes I feel like we've been hurt and we have our arms crossed in front of us and we kind of have an attitude until you get over whatever our wall is. And I don't think that you can walk into a healthy and intentional dating situation with a chip on your shoulder. No. And also, I feel like that is the worst thing you can do in your dating profile is to be like, I don't want this or this or this. It's like you are just showing all of your neuroses like (laughs) right off the bat. Like if I saw a dude who was like, you know, if you're this, that and the other thing, I would just swipe no, because it's like you're showing your negativity. You're showing all the ways that you've been burned, all the ways that you're not trusting men. Like he knows before he's spoken to you, you know, what the last three guys have done to you essentially. Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred (laughs) percent. Is that a well? And there was like there was one specifically that whenever I would speak, he's like, "Well, what do you mean by that? Well, what's your point? What are you trying to get me to do right now?" I'm like, "Who manipulated you?" Like I am very direct, and I'm like, "This is what I want." And he was like, "Why are you telling me that?" And I feel like maybe you're saying this, and I was like, "Oh, I am so sorry about whoever did this to you." <laughs> like, well, that's not me. And I think that's one of the things about finding your value and creating confidence and understanding within yourself so that when you are ready to show up, you're showing up as someone who is receptive and open. And hopefully you're calling in someone who's similar. And if not, then that's your kind of like, okay, thank you, bless, move on, you know? Exactly. Totally, totally. I mean, it is a thing that a lot of, I mean, men do this also, but women often they're like doing too much. They're, they're giving in the hopes that they'll get something in return. You know, they're putting on a performance. Let me show him what a great girlfriend I'm going to be. Let him, let me show him what a great wife I'll be. You know, I'm going to cook for him on our second date or our third date. You know, I always tell my students and clients, I'm like, do not cook for anyone who is not your man. Like no cooking on these third dates. It's like trying to prove trying to prove themselves, you know, don't clean up for him. Why are you doing that man's dishes? Like what is going on here? And these are very common scenarios. And these are often very um, sophisticated, educated, high achieving women who are doing this. And I'm just like, just stop. You're doing too much. You know what? I always tell my students, like your job, your only job on your first handful dates and yeah, handful of dates is show up look good and smell good. Like <laughs> That's all you have to do. Show up, look good and smell good. Have a good time. If you're like, have a good time. And like, that's it. You yeah. know, women get very into like performing. 
and just mm-hmm. doing too much. And it's like, he can't even feel your energy. Like he can't even feel who you are when you're working that hard. You know, That's so funny. Well, and it's so true too, because like when you show up with almost like your list in your head, right. Of the things that you need to show and the things that you need to confirm, as opposed to showing up as the fun person that your friends see and the loving, kind person that your family sees, um, he doesn't, it's going to take him, he's going to have to chip away at that for a while, right? And so that I think that's why I love that whole non-attachment because you go and you're like, I may never see this. Per-. I remember like going on a date with a guy and it was like our second or third date and he was a little, he was inconsistent. So I was kind of like, he was on the outskirts. And he gave me a hug. And while he's hugging me, I was laughing to myself. And I was like, I don't even know if I'm ever going to see this guy again. You know, like it was just kind of there was such a a detachment from the outcome because I also was like, I'm so valuable that some of his behavior is not something I would want in a relationship. So I like him as a person. He's really funny. He seems like a cool guy. I hope that we could be friends in the future. I'm going to say hi to him if I see him at the gym, but he's not mine. And that was such a shift for me to get to that place where I was just like, I would probably, I probably like would have fist bumped him at that point. I probably would have like laughed and fist bumped and be like, I'll see you later, you know? And um, I think it was just, it's like you have to get to that spot where you are so confident with who you are. Yeah. And what you have to bring to the table. And I think that's important to note as well. Like, what is your value? What do you bring to the table in a relationship, not necessarily on your first few dates, but in a relationship so that you, if someone doesn't meet that, that standard, you're like, I'm good. I'm okay. Yeah. I mean, and that's something that the women that I meet often really struggle with. I, and I'll tell you the type of women that I meet, I would guess they're not different from your audience at all, but they are, you know, they're very smart. They're very attractive. They often have like great jobs, great friends, you know, like they have full lives and they're just missing this relationship that they want. And it's really interesting, though, because one of the things that women don't realize is that, like, men are not looking for the same things that women are. You know, women care a lot about some of the more objective criteria. You know, what does he do for work? What kind of car does he drive? How much money does he make? Like, what kind of provider he's going to be? And that's all fine. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. But what I see with women is that women who are very successful, especially they feel like they should have a man who matches their success, but men don't really care about your success. And like, I know that this is so annoying to hear for so many women and like people get really mad at me for saying this, but it's the truth. Like they don't really care. Like the fact that you're successful, it's not hurting you when it comes to love, but it's not helping you. And what like women miss this it's like you're on the same playing field as any other woman and it's like women are amazing like so a great guy a guy who is successful who is good looking he is meeting some really high caliber women and what women often do is we compare ourselves to like the lowest common denominator so we think of that girl from middle school that we know who like never did anything with her life and just like never you know never like just never did anything with her life or we think about the girl that we know at work who's like just such a sad sack and always has something going on and you're just like oh my gosh stop crying about your current drama you know we compare ourselves and we're like look how amazing i am i'm not like the girl from middle school or the sad sack at work 
Men are he's not, doing... He's not dating them. <laughs> yeah. He's comparing you to the other gorgeous, brilliant, uh, like high achieving women that he's met, you know, last Tuesday, last Thursday, Friday before last. Like these great men are meeting a lot of great women and women don't take the time to recognize what is actually making them unique and separate and distinct. Like what makes you different than that other great woman that he met? And the truth is, is that like, it's never your job. It's never your accomplishments. It's never your wealth. It's not even your looks and looks do matter very much to men. It's always going to come down to the energy. Mm. Like it's about how attracted he is, but his attraction goes beyond just like, are you beautiful? It's going to be about the energy. Does he like the way that he feels when he's around you? Mm. And that's what ultimately is going to make any man choose any woman is the energy. And when you're in your own head with your list and going over, I need to ask him this. And then next I'm going to ask him that. And are my answers coming out perfectly? He can't feel your energy because for women, our energy, it's not in our heads. And we spend a lot of time in our heads because we operate in this very masculine world, right? Like you're going to work and you're in your masculine but for us to be in our feminine, for him to feel your energy, you have to be in your body. You have to know how to tap into that and connect with that so that he can get a sense for who you really are, for what your energy is. I love that. Well, and I remember reading it's really about like who you are. Like it's your your it's heart centered, right? It's not in your head. It's in your heart and it's your warmth and who you how he feels with you. And it's I think it's a lot of times I feel like we are in a masculine culture and women do unfortunately compete for um, partnership provider, all of that stuff, rather than us just looking at each other like you're a beautiful human being on the inside and I just vibe with you. Like we also have this criteria, unfortunately. Um, but I think it's so important like that you show up as that that beautiful self. And I and you you wrote something about with that non-attachment, even being warm detachment. And I think that that's an important thing to kind of reference because even if you're not um, showing attachment, don't 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 do that. Don't show detachment in a, a callous way or be like, I don't know, I'm not sure, I'll see, maybe. But being warm and kind and letting him see that you're like a heartful, soulful person, but that also has other things on your calendar and other things in your life, um, so that you're you and that has less to do with what he's seeing, but more to do with how you feel inside. Yeah. I mean, a lot of women, I think, struggle with, um, you know, going between extremes where they're like doing too much and trying to prove themselves versus being totally cold and standoffish. And okay. it's like, no, you're not trying to be standoffish. Like there's a difference between being standoffish and being detached. I can be super warm and loving and enthusiastic when I'm speaking with you without feeling like I'm treating you this way because I want you to be my husband and I'm trying to catch you, you know, <laughs> right. I am my nuts. Right. Right. Just walk into my trap. <laughs> You're letting who you really are, like, show through. You know, it's like earlier you mentioned, like, the way that you are around your friends. And, like, that's exactly it. Like, the way that you treat your best girlfriend. Like, you're not trying to get something from her every time you see her. No, you're just enjoying who she is as a person. You're enjoying her energy. And, like, you're letting her enjoy being around you. It's just, like, the pleasure of someone's company. And yeah. we struggle with that with men, you know, we're trying to get something from them. I mean, in fairness, they often want to get something from us too, but we're trying to help the ladies here. So 
Yeah, no, absolutely. And I remember that was like such a shift for me as well. Like I, I remember a friend of mine because I traveled a lot for my past, my, in my past life, my past job. Um, and one of my friends um, challenged me to go on a dating app. And at first I was like, there are no guys out here, whatever. And then I got off of it and I got back on it. But I got back on it with a different mindset because he had had a conversation with me. He's like, you're amazing, but you're very busy. So it's very hard for you to meet people. But you eat lunch and drink coffee every single day. So just do it with another human being and just have fun. And just like like you're just curious about their life. And like you're going anyways. Go do it with someone. And I was like, oh, that's a good point. And I ended up. And I think that's one of the things that I really appreciated is like through that entire process of dating, I ended up still being very friendly and kind of friends with some of these people. Not that they're like active in my life on a daily basis, but I'm like, okay, well, that shows a difference, right? That's a a shift Um, because rather than it being like, ugh, it's, oh, she was really nice. I really like her. I hope she's happy. I've had a couple of them actually see my uh, partner and I together and they're like, oh, congratulations. Like, we're really happy for you guys. We saw that you're all moving in together and da, 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 da. And like, they're, they're genuinely happy for me because I was a genuine human being to them. And I think to me, I'm like, okay, that shows me that human beings, we really want connection. We're really happy for each other most of the time. It's all of the junk in our heads and all of the stuff from our past that we throw at each other that creates the disconnection and the discord. Um, It's like when we focus on scarcity, when it feels like if someone else gets what they want, that means I don't get what I want. You know, that's often where like the jealousy and the envy it's coming from. It's this belief in scarcity that's so prevalent in our like society and culture where it just feels like as if it's a zero sum game. If, if, if he chooses someone else, then that must mean I don't get to have love. And it's like, there's no scarcity of men. Like there's just not. Yeah, no, absolutely. There's one last thing I would ask you about before we move on to our, my, my special questions. Um, be easy to love and easy to lose. (laughs) That's a great sentence. What does it mean? (laughs) (laughs) What does it mean? What does it mean? Be easy to love and easy to lose. Easy to love is there are people where it's just easy to love them. It's easy to be around them. And that's what you want to think about when you're dating. It's like be easy to be around. And I don't mean have low standards. I don't mean just say, oh, whatever you want is fine. I just mean allow people to feel who you are, like allow your actual energy to come through. That's what makes people lovable. Like we love people when they're being authentic. And all of the things that we've talked about through this podcast are sort of coming back to this because it's like it's related to feeling worthy. You know, it's hard to be fully authentic when you don't feel worthy because it's like, well, I'm not worthy of love as I am. So I have to put on this mask. Right. Like it's all very closely connected. But it's like when you can be your authentic self, when people can just feel your energy, that's when you're easy to love. It's easy to connect with people that way because like the authentic part of you can connect with the authentic part of of them. And it's just sort of simple that way. And easy to lose just means that you do keep your standards high. And you can say, I think you're a great person. I've really enjoyed getting to know you. And this isn't a fit. This isn't what I'm looking for. I don't mm-hmm. see this going any further. And just allowing it to allowing it to end, you know, we get very stuck. This really slows people down when they want a committed relationship. We can get stuck in something that we knew wasn't right from week three. And then 
it's month three and then it's three years down the line and you're still with this person that wasn't right for you from the beginning. You know, so it's mm. like when you see those red flags, instead of just ignoring them, instead of being like, I don't want to hear this, so I'm going to avoid it. You actually take action. Like a lot of people will notice red flags, but we don't act on them. You're like, oh, mm -hmm. what he did was super sketchy, but like, okay, I'll see you on Thursday. You know, we're like, <laughs> I'll give him one more chance. I'll give him two more chances. I'll just give him like just one or two more chances, you know, over and over again. So it's like, just be easy to lose. You have to know that you get the love that you want. And then it's not so hard to say, you know, what you did wasn't acceptable to me or this doesn't feel good to me. I'm not going to continue and just yeah. letting it go. Absolutely. It was so interesting, too, because like as I would end things with people, I was always very kind first. Right. <laughs> so it would always be like, you know, hey, I've really enjoyed our time together. I could talk to you for hours or whatever was our kind of thing. Um, but I have to be honest, there's some, a couple things that I just, I don't think we're going to be able to move this forward. I wish you nothing but the best. Like you're awesome. I know you're going to find somebody amazing. And everyone was really lovely, right? And accepted it because it was heartfelt. It was when you ghost or when you say mean things that all of a sudden you've got this really negative energy between you and some hurtful messages going back and forth. And I think too, it's, it's learning how to communicate through all of this, like looking over all of the things that we just talked about. I'm like, a lot of it has to do with first self-awareness, but then secondly, communication, communication of your values, communication of your wants and needs, um, remaining open, but, you know, having that warm detachment. And then if it's not working out, being able to very easily communicate something that doesn't have to be spiteful or mean or angry unless the person turns crazy. And then, of course, you have the boundaries. <laughs> and I have no problem with the block feature on my phone. Um, but I think that it's so important that you also look at the person across the table so many times as being another human being and look, looking for love and connection. And a lot of times we come into the dating arena kind of like almost like ready to rumble. Right. Like we walk in like, I want love, but I will beat up anyone who doesn't do this. And I think it's so weird because at the end of the day, all we really want to do is love each other. And I remember um, I had Naz Perez on last week and we were talking about this stuff. She has um, Heartbroken Anonymous. And she was saying people come together when they've gone through heartbreak. And what's been really interesting is sometimes a woman will come into the room who's recently gone through heartbreak who is just devastated and she hates all men. But then there's a man sitting across from her who's devastated because he's, been, he's heartbroken because of his heartbreak. And she gets to see, oh, he feels – men feel too, right? They, right. They, they feel deeply as well and they get to see the humanity in each other. I'm like, that's really – it's really beautiful and it's a great reminder to us – that we all have the same basic needs. It's just how we go about sharing them with each other. Yeah, it's so true. So true. I love it. Well, I have two questions to ask you that I ask everyone. First, based on your life experience and everything you've gone through, if you were to look back at a younger version of yourself and give you yourself advice, how old would you be and what advice would you provide? Mm. I would be... 19 and the reason that I'm saying 19 is because that was the first time I had my heart broken and I was so devastated by this heartbreak and I remember calling my mom and I, I literally thought I was dying. I had never felt so much pain in my life and I didn't know what it was. Like I was just like, I don't see how I could feel this and be okay. Um, 
And my mom was like, honey, I promise you're not dying. I promise. And she was right, obviously. (laughs) And (laughs) I would tell myself, there's, it's always this or something better. Like there gets to be something better. There's no one who ever has to be the end all be all for you. Oh, I love that. That's so powerful. Mm-hmm. I love that. That was like, it's almost poetic. <laughs> um, that's really beautiful. If you were heading, transitioning from this, this life and you wanted to leave behind some gold nuggets of wisdom or inspiration, what would they be? I would say you can't mess it up with the right person and you can't make it right with the wrong person. And ultimately there is no one and only. So yeah, you can mess things up with great people, but like you're not going to run out of a chance. Like you're not running out of chances for love. I love that. This has been such an amazing conversation and I have appreciated, like, I feel like you were just throwing gold nuggets throughout the entire time we were talking. So thank you. If people want to find you, um, where can they go? So I actually have something for your listeners. So the best thing for you to do would go to Crystal Eram, C-R-Y-S-T-A-L. Eram is spelled I-R-O-M as in Mary, dot com slash gold. And you'll be able to find all of my information there. And I have a really, really incredible quiz for you. Um, So the quiz is like two minutes and it will just give you so much information. It's really, really good and really powerful. I've gotten a lot of incredible feedback for it. So I have that for your listeners and I think they'll enjoy it and then they'll be able to connect with me there. I love it. I'm going to, I'm actually going to go take the quiz. (laughs) I'm curious. I appreciate you so much. Thank you so much for sharing your gold with us. Thank you. It was such a pleasure. This was really so, so fun. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening today. I loved this conversation. It was packed full of amazing insights and reminders as to how we can call in the love we desire and deserve. Crystal has created an amazing gift for the gold audience. Go to crystalerum.com forward slash gold to discover your love type. And you can also follow Crystal on Instagram at crystalerum. As always, please subscribe to this podcast, leave a review, and don't forget to share with your friends. You can find me on Instagram at either ms.janetteschneider or the live movement at loveisviral.media or live at loveisviral.com. Get deep in the work with me to uncover your messaging before you pass it on to your children or the people you influence. Order my book, Lore, Harnessing Your Past to Create Your Future, available on Amazon or barnesandnoble.com. Until next time, in the words of my grandma, love each other every day.